Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, I was joined by Igor from Win Global, a consultancy providing tools, products, and training for international trading companies. But we didn't really get together just to talk about Win Global. We got together to talk about their incredibly innovative drone ship project. Now, this project is really a taste of the future. This is high-tech, autonomous aerial transportation. And the first model will be able to carry at least one fully loaded 20-foot ocean container. I mean, just imagine that. So Igor and I really dove into the potential that his drone ship project has from helping to solve the challenges and inefficiencies in international transportation to improving global sustainability. I mean, it was an amazing show and totally blew my mind. I asked all the questions I think are on most of our minds right now, but the reality is that this type of technology is the future and it's coming fast. So it's something we all need to explore, research, and start to get our heads around because your transportation strategy may well include drone ship technology sooner than you think. So I hope you were inspired by the episode, but if you missed it, remember you can catch up over on letstalksupplychain.com on our YouTube channel or anywhere else that you subscribe to the show It was episode 388. Let's Talk Supply Chain is not your average supply chain podcast. We feature not just the top of the industry, but also diverse voices from within the community, new innovations, and the disruptors making waves in the industry. Don't listen to the same old, same old. Be sparked by new ideas and fresh perspectives only on Let's Talk Supply Chain. When you're looking for cutting-edge resources on innovation and trends across supply chain, where do you go? What about when you're on a mission to find like-minded professionals and cultivate relationships that go beyond an emoji reaction? And what about when you're trying to generate leads, build campaigns, and get ahead of the game in the unique world of supply chain marketing? Supply Chain has been missing a single collaborative hub that brings people and ideas together in an environment that is safe yet stimulating for everyone until now. Just one platform that's as dynamic and innovative as you are. Welcome to the Secret Society of Supply Chain, a private network for the supply chain community. An industry first brought to you by supply chain media entrepreneur, Sarah Barnes Humphrey. The Secret Society of Supply Chain brings professionals of all backgrounds and experience levels together in the industry's largest dynamic network, focusing on industry learning and career development, as well as networking and community. The Secret Society of Supply Chain hosts all the content, connection, and creativity you need for supply chain success. But which group is for you? Well, head over to letstalksupplychain.com, find the Secret of Society banner, and take the quiz and join our waitlist. There are limited number of spots available, so make sure to get on that waitlist so that you are one of the first into the Secret Society of Supply Chain. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Supply Chain. Now, before we begin, I have a question for you. According to data from Statista, what was the top priority when it comes to sustainability goals for small and medium-sized logistics businesses in the U.S. as of April 2023? We hear a lot about carbon footprints, so could it be that? Well, let us know your guesses over on social and keep listening because all will be 
revealed at the end of the show. So today I'm excited to welcome a 2023 pro to know to our Woman in Supply Chain series. She's also a Woman in Supply Chain award winner, and she's a board member, CEO, and passionate advocate of digital transformation. But who is she? Well, I'll let you know after the question of the week. So the question that we asked you, have you ever felt hesitant to take a mental health day off work? Now, we had over 245 votes on this poll. 49% of you said always. So let me just say that question again. Have you ever felt hesitant to take a mental health day off work? 49% of you said yes, always. So for the leaders that are out there, 49% of people still feel hesitant to take a mental health day off work. Now, this is definitely something that we need to keep in mind as leaders. 23% of you said day off. What? When? 18% of you said no, we need it. 10% of you said no, but I feel bad. So 59% of people were hesitant. Some still took it, but they felt bad and guilty around it, which really does not help our mental health. Thank you so much to everybody who weighed in on this very important question of the week. Sounds like we need to do a little bit better so that people do feel comfortable taking that mental health day off of work. Remember, you can be part of the conversation every single Wednesday as we ask a question over on the Let's Talk Supply Chain LinkedIn and Instagram. So now back to today's episode and the inspirational woman in supply chain I have with me today. Well, it's Carmit Glick. As CEO at Ship Forward, Carmit has been at the forefront of digital transformation in the global freight industry, leading high profile projects in digital freight marketplaces and delivering end to end global digital transportation solutions that are customer focused and sustainable. Today, Carmit will be telling me about her career journey, swapping the corporate world for startups, leveling the playing field for SMEs, and why she's so passionate about digital transformation in supply chain. Now, we could not do this series without our sponsors, so let's show them some love. GoFreight is proud to sponsor the Women in Supply Chain podcast series, recognizing women's vital role in the industry and the need to highlight their contributions and experiences. We are committed to promoting diversity and inclusion in the supply chain field and are honored to support initiatives that empower and inspire women in their professional journeys. GoFreight is the world's leading cloud-based freight forwarding management system in addition to its comprehensive core features, including business quoting, ocean and air freight processes, invoicing and payments, accounting and finance. Customers highly favorite for providing a customer-facing platform that meets the needs of freight forwarders and their clients and agents. For more information, make sure to go and visit gofreight.com because you can now do everything on a user-friendly online platform similar to booking flights or hotels. And second, Food and Logistics and Supply, Supply and Demand Chain Executives Woman in Supply Chain Award, sponsored by Let's Talk Supply Chain and Blended Pledge, honors female supply chain leaders and executives whose accomplishments, mentorship, and examples set a foundation for women in all levels of a company supply chain network and we are excited to be partnered and sponsoring this series. So welcome to the show Carmeet. 
Thank you, Sarah. Great being here. Thank you for the invite. I am so excited to have you here. I mean, you're such an interesting person. You've traveled the world. You've worked in big organizations, small ones. You've worked across sales, operations, implementations. I mean, it really feels like you've done it all in supply chain. So I'm really looking forward to hearing about your experiences, what you've learned along the way. And also inspiring any of our listeners that maybe feel a little stuck in their little corner of the industry. So let's dive right in because I know that you and I have a lot to talk about today. So I love to talk about how women find their way to supply chain because, <laughs> and you and I just literally spoke about my <laughs> journey off camera before we before we got started because it's not necessarily yeah. right an obvious career choice. I think you said not like women or girls aspire to be in supply chain. And you have a degree in economics. So how did you go from a degree in economics into supply chain? Actually, it was the other way around because I started working um, in, in shipping uh, before I started studying. So, okay. so the story is that um, after my service uh, in the army, I just were looking for a job for okay. a few months. So I will have some money to travel the world. And that was the big plan. <laughs> was nothing. And and for for some reason, I, I started working in a, in a small Maersk agency. Um, and, uh, and this is where it started. And from working three months as a temp it's lasted for 17 years uh being wow. part of the group in various location and roles but this is how i stumble upon let's say um shipping and logistics and actually uh, fall in love with uh, with the industry and the people and uh, the way we are moving the world around but without nobody knows. <laughs> I know. But isn't that the way, right? People stumble into this industry and then they fall completely in love with it. And we have some very, very passionate people in this industry because of right. that. And just think about it, right? You got a temp job just because you wanted money to be able to travel the world and see different cultures and you get exposed to this industry where the opportunities are kind of endless. You can actually right. travel while working in the industry because it's a global mindset, right? It's a global right. industry. And uh, so I'm I'm sure that you were probably able to do a little bit of both, even at <laughs> when you were starting with that temp job. Indeed. So, so my big plan was to travel the world, and I did, but while uh, learning and being part of the industry. And when I study economics was to kind of, when I chose to go for economics, who is to understand better mm -hmm. how the world is, is moving and, and the supply and demand and all the aspects of, uh, of uh, what's behind logistics actually. Mm -hmm. And so the actual reasoning for the degree was first starting and understand that we are really like this this world. I like the international. I like the fact that every day I'm speaking with somebody else from the world. I mm -hmm. start my morning. I will speak with Indonesia, China, uh, Vietnam, ending my night with uh, you know U.S., uh, South Africa, North America. It, it it was really exciting to me as one that really like um, 
the world and people and learning cultures, as you said really, really correctly. And that gave me the opportunity to do so while working, actually. Amazing. Amazing. Well, now you're currently the CEO of Ship Forward. Talk to us a little bit about the brand, what you do, and your role at the company. So Ship Forward was established to provide solution for small um, and mid-sized businesses. And during my experience working in, in very large corporate um, and around the world, it always appears to me that we as an industry are lacking for solution for the small to mid-sized businesses mm. because the, somehow the ROI never really worked well for, for that segment when you're working um, on those large uh, corporate. And there are various reasoning for that, but it's always attract me to find solution to, to mm. these challenges and how we can solve it. So she forward came to bridge that gap, first and foremost, to decide that this is the segment we are looking yeah. at and finding solution for. So we don't do everything. We don't provide solution for everyone. We're really focusing to find solution to small um, businesses. And the reason is because we believe that they are not getting the right opportunities within global trade and within um, other logistics providers. Well, and especially in a landscape that has just become so competitive, right? Like there's competition yeah. everywhere. There's big yeah. giants that you're trying to compete against and so much more. But I really love that you're focusing on SMEs because I talk a lot about leveling the playing field, right? What I just talked yeah. about. And there, there are so many solutions out there for enterprise organizations, but Correct. there's considerably less for smaller ones. What do you think are some of the unique needs of SMEs? And what does the landscape look like for these businesses for 2024? I mean, you've said that small and medium-sized businesses um, continue to gain optimism when I was doing some of my research. So talk to us about you know, some of the challenges that they may face in 2024 and why do you think there's so much optimism around that? I mean, I have my own views on that in the fact that I think small business kind of makes the world go round, but <laughs> I'd like to hear from you. I, I agree with you. I, I totally agree with you. And the numbers say so, right? If we look at the statistics, we are seeing that 50% of the employment worldwide by by uh, small businesses, it's in many economies, it's up to 90%. Mm -hmm. of, of the economies run by uh, small and mid-sized businesses. Mm -hmm. um, and when we look about, okay, where is the gap? What are the differences? And, and there, are, there are quite few. Um, you start with the language. You and me been in logistics for many years, more mm -hmm. than maybe we would like to count, but... Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say the number, although I've said it yeah, on many Exactly, let, let's forget about the numbers, but... <laughs> It's for us, it's a second language, right? When we speak and when we speak with people from the industry, we speak totally different language and we understand each other. Mm -hmm. When you have small businesses, they have their own language. They have their own product. They're very, uh, you know, fascinated about if it's bikes or if it's pumps or, or whatever it is they're right. doing, if it's retail or, or clothing or mm -hmm. whatever product they are producing, they're very, very fascinated about it, they're very knowledgeable about it, but they're not so much knowledgeable about logistics and not always they have the right logistics person next to them, not always they have right. the ability to build logistics department that handle 
that uh, that part of their business, but it's a must part of their business because they are producing or they're handling products, so they must move them around, sell them, buy them, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So we, it starts with language. So when we build solution for small to mid-sized businesses, we do it with the understanding that they don't have our language. Right. So we need to speak a different language, and ne- we need to make the platform accessible, and that everyone can go in and be able to uh, to actually book, to understand what they are searching for, to understand yeah. the price they are getting, to understand how to compare it, to understand the service they should expect. So it's all start from that part. And I think second also is the service. Um, small businesses, they run their businesses. They don't have a lot of um, headcount. They don't have a lot of large teams. So we know that from nine to five, they're focusing on their customer, their suppliers, mm-hmm. the day-to-day. We provide 24-7 service. So if you are working on your shipment on Saturday, there will be somebody that will be there and support right. you and give you an instant message. If you are stuck and at, I don't know, 12 a.m. and need some advice, there will be somebody uh, wow. to provide that for you. Amazing. So we really went into... Um, the the way and the day-to-day of small businesses and yeah. what actually they need from their provider. So we don't tick the box of a logistics provider that is there from nine to five, mm-hmm. um, that is not there when they actually need them. Right. So this is a small example to, to explain why and how we do things different. Yeah. And then there is technology and technology and why you are awfully <laughs> optimistic and so do I for for small businesses is because technology has the ability to, in a way, leverage the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because technology has the ability to create a better field, even field. If, if I'm just looking at my iPhone, right. And I don't know, uh, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, sea no, level would have a Blackberry and, you know, a school teacher would maybe have a, a Nokia. Today, everybody has a smartphone. Everybody has the ability to do the same kind of activity or the same kind of choices they want. One could have more fancier cover than the other, but eventually everybody has the same ability and ex- access to technology, mm-hmm. access to, to influence. And I think this is what technology does. It's create yeah. this even field. And that's why I'm very optimistic for small businesses because I think today they have much more access to tools that can provide them that competitive advantage mm-hmm. that larger corporation has in today's world. Yeah, I liked what you said about access because small businesses definitely need access. Um, and I think, you know, a small tweak, like you said, having somebody available 24-7 to a small business to have access to ask questions on their timeline rather than our yeah. timeline makes such a difference. I mean, it's a small change in a mindset, but makes so much difference to the small business. And a lot of small business are uh, are owned by, you know, underrepresented voices and things like that. And so, you know, we're really helping also to move diversity forward in the world, not just in supply chain. And that's definitely something that I am um, definitely passionate about. And so I love the fact that you're really building that supportive structure around them. 
Now, the other thing that you mentioned was around language. And I got to thinking about this the other day because I was like, you know, we talk about supply chain professionals all the time and there's certain jobs, right, where you like know that you're a supply chain professional. And then there's entrepreneurs, there's small business owners, there's people who might not actually consider themselves as supply chain professionals, but are sitting in a supply chain job that yeah. should have access and resources and networking like everybody else, but maybe they just don't think of themselves as a supply chain professional. And I literally was sitting down the other day, and I think we're going to do some social media posts about this. Because we want to encourage people to embrace that yeah. part of their job and to really understand and to get stuck into the language and to be part of the community of supply chain professionals so that we can all support each other, empower each other, you know, help us move forward, not only in our personal lives, professional lives, but also business as well. And so if you're a small business and you're touching any part of supply chain, you are a supply chain professional and uh, <laughs> definitely belong in this industry, right? <laughs> Indeed. And I not many people know that the industry has such an amazing network and really amazing people that, you know, really care about the world, really care about each other. Yeah. And, and I think it's a great industry to grow uh, with. And, you know, where else do you call yourself, you know, supply chain professional or not? I right. think when I look at our customer, the, the small uh, businesses, uh, and normally the one interacting, they do everything. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they can <laughs> they can do the, the accounting and the logistics and uh, and so you know the they, they do everything, right? So I think and that that's the beauty. Um, it's not about the title, really touching uh, global trade, moving it around. And in many ways, I think logistics we see ourselves like you know the behind the screen. Mm -hmm. um, kind of uh, people that make the world uh, go around. Um, but I think it's a wonderful community. So I, I totally agree with you. Now, you worked for nearly 15 years at Damco, which you kind of mentioned earlier. Very big, very corporate, I would imagine. Yeah. And now you're at this relatively small in-comparison brand that focuses on small business. What made you want to transition to a totally uh, different type of organization? And how are you finding it? Like, what are the differences? What are the similarities? What would you What would you say? Yeah, it's of course it's a it's a it's a very big change, and I grew up in a in a wonderful company, a very large one, um, and learned a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I worked in and lived in six uh, in six countries, wow. uh, and uh, are able to really learn from really zero. What does it mean? Uh, logistics, what does it mean to, to move cargo, different uh, companies and different suppliers, different uh, culture, different uh, customers. Mm -hmm. uh, normally at my previous role, I dealt with very large uh, logistics uh, supply chains. Uh, if it's uh, Walmart or if it's, uh, you know, HP or Target and really mm -hmm. the, the 500 fortune ones. And, and they're great. I really enjoy every day uh, of my career. At a certain point of time, when we looked also uh, through the corporate eyes about uh, the small to medium-sized businesses, really 
caught my attention mm-hmm. because as a person that really liked to make a difference and really liked to, to, to get involved, I saw that I have an opportunity there. Mm-hmm. And, and that is the reason that I actually made that shift. Not because I didn't enjoy, I really enjoy what I was doing, but I really saw that there is a gap in the market and I saw that there is an opportunity with involving technology, with improving on the technology space that we are having in the last uh, five to 10 years, I would mm-hmm. say that's a really good opportunity to actually make a really huge difference in a global scale. And, and that is the reason I actually uh, made that, uh, that change. And I'm super happy about it because I have the opportunity to create a team uh, of, you know, excellent um, technology people with excellent logistics people. And that combination together is is amazing. It just gave me goosebumps. I'm so excited (laughs) for you. (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, I mean, if if you bring uh, people and our R&D team and technology, they have no idea what is logistics. Okay? Right. They are not coming from <laughs> yeah. the industry, right? Mm-hmm. If uh, if I uh, um, my marketing team, because we are doing, uh, we reach out uh, by digital marketing to customers all around the world. So they also are not coming from logistics, right? So it's my opportunity actually to kind of, you know, um, they can get the bug and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the understanding of, of what is uh, yeah, yeah to bring <laughs> talent in from various uh, nice. various interests and location and I think that diversity first mm-hmm. of all the diversity of thoughts of bringing together people from the industry and from outside of the industry mm-hmm. it's amazing because what's what's happening there it's different. And that's what will make the difference. That's what will make the change. Because if we will, for example, all be from the industry, they probably we will do the same. But creating a diversity of thoughts for me um, as a CEO, as a manager, is, is crucial definitely really in the area of innovation. Mm-hmm. We must think different. We m- must talk different. We must do different things. So it's it's kind of lab. Every day you, you open a lab and you work together and and create so i'm I'm very excited about it and and i love that that part of my role well and you talked about how your career took you to a variety of different places i think italy denmark hong kong i think just to name a few why did you choose to embrace that and what did you learn like what did you take from that experience and put into what you're doing right now because i'm sure it's had all sorts of um you know um i can't think of the word what is the word Uh, like it's given you so much uh to learn from other cultures that you can bring and reference when you're talking to your team now or maybe when you're talking to a remote team right and you're bringing people together from all around the world how has that helped you with your leadership style Significantly. I would probably would not be the same mm-hmm. uh, if I would have a career in, in one location, no matter uh, which location would be. And I actually think that's another special thing with, with logistics and supply chain, because uh, when I'm speaking outside of our industry, it's really people look at me and it's strange that I've worked in so many places. But in logistics, <laughs> it's not so strange. <laughs> 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 Because we tend to to go around, um, mm-hmm. but 
in the, I mean, I didn't plan it to to be honest. It just it started as I was a, a trainee in 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 the immersed group, and my my first experience was indeed in Hong Kong and in Asia, and it was mind blowing. You right. you know, at the age of twenty five, you come from a small destination port, let's say a small country, to the gate of China. And we are looking at 17 euros. I gave the, <laughs> I gave the number. <laughs> We're looking at 17 years back, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so that was amazing growth. China has been through a tremendous change uh, at that period of time. We're talking about year-on-year growth of about 20%. Mm-hmm. And you are in the midst of that. Um, so, so that was exceptional from my point of view. And I truly love the ability that I have the opportunity to really be at origin, such a large origin, and, and to learn how supply chain starts. Yeah. And then, you know, and somewhere else. But that was for me such a good experience that it really was for me the opening that, yeah, I want more. I want to learn more. I want to be in various locations. And also the, the company I worked at gave me that opportunity, obviously, mm-hmm. to, to be able to, to do that. Mm-hmm. So after that, indeed, working in, in Europe, where if it's uh, in Italy, um, Denmark or, or, the, or the Hague and Rotterdam, was able to really touch um, a huge point in logistics and, uh, and in supply chain uh, because it's huge uh, ports. Mm-hmm. supply chains that that you are handling and you really learn it for firsthand um and i love it and i i would continue doing it probably for the rest of of my life because <laughs> i think it's uh it, it's such a privilege mm-hmm. to to be able to be in a location to to meet different people to learn the culture to learn mm-hmm. customers to understand the suppliers and no doubt it gives me so much to Build Chief Forward because it is global platform. Yeah. You have to understand. You have to understand the world. You have to goes, understand yeah. how supply chain work. You have to yeah. understand how things happening in China because those are the small things that you bring into the technology into the platform that make it easy in the end of the day to the end mm-hmm. customer that can sit in LA um, and and book his shipment and handle right. his uh, his supply chain. That's a huge differentiation in my view. So I'm going to put you on the spot for a second. What was your favorite plate? <laughs> uh, no doubt, probably, and sorry for, for all the rest, but it was Hong Kong. But really? I, I would say okay. that it, because it was the first location uh-huh. and it was so different for my culture mm-hmm. and so different for what I used to, yeah. Um and I think those those two elements are the one that uh that bring okay. that. I had the opportunity to travel all over Asia. Mm-hmm. I have the opportunity to really learn so much about yeah. um about supply chain and the origin and how things starts. Um and I think that was a unique opportunity. 
Awesome. I love that. Thank you for answering that. Because <laughs> you were going on about different countries. I was like, wait a second, which one is your favorite? <laughs> <laughs> um, so now you and I have talked about how supply chain is such a great career choice um, for anybody, really. And I know you've talked about supply chain being a place where the next generation can really make a difference and change the world. Now, we started this conversation talking about impact and the impact that you've been able to make right? And how you see yourself making an impact. And I know that that is really important for the next generation. And so I feel like this part of the conversation is really, really important because the next generation listening to this particular episode, thinking about what they want to do in their career and in their life, they can really make a lot of impact being in supply chain. So um, talk to us about what's your advice for those young people looking to enter supply chain and, you know, where do you, where should they start? Like, what would you, be your advice of where they should start? You know, everyone has a different entry point and really depend on their preferences. If, if you are a technology, uh, you know, uh, um, if you have technology skills, you can always enter to a lot of the type of startups that are um, happening in, in our domain. And there is quite a lot, actually. If, uh, if you are more operational minded, you can, you can go and work in more traditional and start from ground zero, let's say, like what I did. Um, so it's really depend on where you see yourself in, in, such, um, mm -hmm. in such environment. I think, but in general, young young professional people that are interesting in culture in the world um, that can they can find themselves very much in love with this, this industry, most definitely. Yeah. And today, compared to where we started, today there are a variety of different ways that you can enter. You can enter from a technology point of view, from startups. Mm -hmm. You can you can enter from a traditional. You can you can do various you know, choices that you can make. So you don't, ha you don't have only, you know, the traditional path that it used to be. Today, there are so many startups in, in, our, in our industry and it's actually really nice to see the innovation coming in mm -hmm. and nice to see that so many young and innovative um, people are looking at logistics, looking at supply chain, looking at customers and say, okay, this is where we can make a difference. So yeah. I definitely think today there are many more opportunities to young people to to go in, and yeah. they need to to first uh, you know look inside themselves and say okay what interests me the most, yeah. and they can find in our domain almost everything to be honest. Yeah, and so recently I've been thinking about my journey as a woman in supply chain in this industry, and since this is a woman in supply chain episode, I'm going to put you on the spot again. Um, so when I think about women in supply chain specifically, the next generation of women, during your journey, what were some of the challenges that you faced as a woman in this industry? What kind of support did you wish that you had? You know, it, it is man-led industry. I think we can uh, mm -hmm. we can yeah, agree. Yeah. <laughs> but many other uh, industries are are the same as such. Um, I tend to really focus on doing and, and really focus on making a difference and, and working my way. Um, there were challenges. I will not, I will not say there were not. There were right. challenges. Mm -hmm. I'm a mother of two uh, girls. Um, 
I uh, I had to move many locations and still, you know, um, build uh, my family as well. So of course that was not easy. Um, so there were, you know, there were various obstacles in, in the way as well. But basically, I think if you focus on really, you know, on achieving, on creating value, that will shine in, in almost every environment. Mm-hmm. I really believe in it. And um, it doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean there is no barriers of entry. Uh, it doesn't mean it goes smooth at all time, not at all. But eventually, if you focus on what you love and you focus on uh, on doing and executing and creating value, mm-hmm. that shows. Uh, yeah. Whereas if you're a man or a woman, I, I really believe it. That That's what uh, I experienced in, in my career. Mm-hmm. And I just um, decided to focus on it and, uh, and do my best in what I'm doing. I love that. I I think about my journey and I think about some of the support that I would have liked. I think more community, right? More like-minded community where like I could get together with some girlfriends in supply chain and really just talk about the day-to-day in the language that we all sort of understand that maybe our family members might not and things like that. So I I just think about, and I've been thinking about my journey quite a bit. Um, And so I think for me, that kind of support would have been so integral, I think, to my personal development, my professional development, but also thinking about um, expanding what I was thinking around what the opportunities were in supply chain for me. I mean, listen, digital uh, supply chain media wasn't even a word when I started the podcast. And Mm -hmm. I think there's lots of opportunities and getting different perspectives and hearing from other people as to what is possible really helps sort of expand. So you're a CEO, you're on a board, you're obviously incredibly busy and constantly making big big decisions. So what does downtime look like for you? And I find this a really interesting question because I think until very recently, it was a bit of a badge of honor, right? Oh, I don't have any downtime. I'm working 24-7. And now we're getting much more real about the importance of sort of that work-life balance of seeing our families, taking the time that we need to make sure that when we are working, we're bringing our best selves. What does that look like for you? Downtime for me is, is mostly with the, with the family, really, and my daughters. I, I have to say, I truly don't have hobbies. My hobbies, I really love being with my family and my daughters. That's, okay. that's the that's best part of, yeah, <laughs> that, that's the best part uh, of uh, of my day. I really enjoying um, see them grow, uh, participating in, in, their, in their life actively. So for me, that's something I really, really uh, treasure. I really like doing. So... Mm-hmm. That's for me is, uh, is downtime. That gives me a lot of strength um, and it's filled me up uh, mm. to do my job as well. Well, but, and don't uh, you don't you find that they kind of push you? So I, I have stepchildren who are adults now, but I also have a lot of nieces and nephews. And so I take them individually and I take them to do activities. So just recently, I took one of them to do rock climbing, which is totally not my jam. I did not make it to the top <laughs> at all, not even once. Um, and then like the, the time before that I took another one to do laser tag. That's totally my jam. And I took it way too seriously. (laughs) Um, but don't you feel like it's, 
you know, they also, you can take them to activities and explore things that they've never done before. And maybe it's something that you haven't done for a while. I find for me, you know, that is kind of pushing me out of my comfort zone and and doing things that I wouldn't normally do. Definitely. I mean, definitely. I think that we, I grow and actually if, even as a manager, I think, or as a leader, I'm, I, th- I believe I'm much better manager as a mother than before I, I was a mother. Okay. I, I grow as well um, doing things that exactly is outside of your box, let's say, mm. or ac- outside of your day-to-day or what you were normally. Would yeah. That yeah. I push you outside of your boundary um, in, in a way. And also a reminder of your childhood. So it, it's, I think, and that's why I really love it. I know, I mean, I, I know that. Some people, when I say, so look at me, yeah, but it's there. I said, I really love it. What can I do? I I, I really think it's enhancing uh, me as a person, me as a leader as well. I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's go, um, there are some, when I'm mentoring uh, other women also in our industry, some are worried to become a mother because they might, um, let's say, not go hand in hand with their career aspiration. Right. Um, and everybody has their choice, of course, and, and whatever they choose is great. For me, and what I share, it's actually enhanced my my skills and it made me a better manager, a better leader, and a better Maybe. person. That's what I, I feel. Yeah. So I can only say that uh, I totally agree with you. I think it's, it's a great hobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and Brene Brown, I was just listening to Brene Brown. She says that play is a really important part of adulthood um, yeah. and really helps us to do the things that we do on a day-to-day basis. So you're on the right track. Um, and on a recent episode with Christine Barnhart, we were talking about how women often feel uncomfortable shouting about their achievements. And, you know, if we're going to continue to move the needle for women, we need to get better at it. So can you share with us some of your achievements, what you have accomplished, what's your, what you're really proud of? I'd love to hear that. Yeah, I, I've been honored to, to receive a few awards, really. Um, uh, Best Women in Supply Chain. Mm-hmm. As a brand of Sheepford, we, we also receive award as, and I'm very proud of being uh, Best f- Freight Forwarder for, for uh, SMBs in, in US and Canada Amazing. from Global Brand Award. So, and this is after, you know, one year in the market, two years in the market. This is really exceptional. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes me proud and also makes me proud that my team and me achieved that, mm-hmm. um, that place. But I think what I'm most, let's say, uh, proud of uh-huh. is actually building she forward. Yeah. Is, is doing what I'm doing every day and seeing that it replicate with customers, seeing that they are getting the value, that they are coming in, that they are seeing that they are receiving what they need to support their businesses. So mm-hmm. for me, that's that's the most you know accomplished. Uh, award I can give myself because that actually works so that's Mm -hmm. what I'm coming every day to to the office that's what we are doing day in and night and the the satisfaction of actually um, 
understanding from our customer and the growth that we are experiencing that's equal with them, that they are getting the value, that they are coming uh, again and again. We have um, 90% of returning customers. For me, that's something I'm extremely proud of. That's the best award I can I can get. Now, so, now uh, we just need to get you to talk about it publicly. So we've done that on this episode. So when this episode comes out, you know, and you post about it, you post about the episode, put that little clip in it and be like, you're going to hear that I'm proud about, you know, our 90%. I'm proud about win winning the Woman in Supply Chain Award. I would love to see it because the more that we do this, the more that we encourage others to do this. And I think we all need to get better at not only posting about it, but then also supporting and cheering each other on through reactions and comments and, and different things like that. Totally. So I would love. I, I hear you. I would. I, love I, I will do that because you're on the point. I normally don't. <laughs> <laughs> I've called you out. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Did. Well, I, I think you and I could talk for a very, very, very long time, but we've kind of come to the end. I want to ask you, you know, last question. What does the future hold for you, Carmen? Well, I, I hope it will continue learning and innovating and making a difference. I, I really, really um, hope that that's what the future holds. I really want to make sure that we are, as professional, um, also as a mother, are making the world a better place. And I totally believe in what we are doing. I believe that if we empower small businesses, we are making the economy stronger. We yes. are making the world a better place. So. This is what I hope my future will hold, uh, the ability, the skill, the opportunities to continue uh, doing so. What a journey. You're a real citizen of the world. And I have loved hearing about your experiences and the incredible things you've achieved. There's so much that our audience can really just take away from this conversation in this episode. And I really hope that all of the younger generation that are listening feel inspired, right? Supply chain might not seem sexy, but it is dynamic. And it can offer travel, <laughs> transformation, innovation, and a chance to change the world. So get involved. And did you have a guess at today's big question? Well, at the top of the show, I asked you, according to data from Statista, what was the top priority when it comes to sustainability goals for small and medium-sized logistics businesses in the U.S.? as of April 2023. Well, for 46% of professionals from SMEs, it was reducing waste, followed by sustainable sourcing at 23%, eco-friendly packaging at 19%, and carbon emission reduction at only 13%, much smaller than I would have guessed. Carmeet, thank you so much for joining me on the show today, being authentic, being vulnerable, sharing all your insights and perspectives so that we can change the hearts and minds of one person at a time. Thank you, Sarah. It was a pleasure. Did you know that the average cost of losing an hourly supply chain worker has reached $19,607? And that recent research shows that 77% of hourly supply chain workers are considering a job change in the next three months. This could have a huge impact on your productivity, bottom line, and culture. Workstep is helping supply chain companies to better engage their distributed hourly workforce at scale 
Understand the true reasons behind their workforce turnover and take actions to make positive changes and reduce attrition. Workstep has successfully helped many companies reduce their frontline worker turnover by up to 36%. Visit workstep.com to learn more. If you would like to hear more from us at Let's Talk Supply Chain, we have plenty more content for you featuring the best and brightest in the industry. Head over to letstalksupplychain.com to check out the latest. And if you're looking for a solution to a supply chain challenge, we have most likely had them on the show. So go and use the search button and put in your keyword and all of that content will come up. Our podcasts do a deep dive into who they are, how they help their customers and whether you're the ideal client for them. And remember to come back next week. And I'm going to be joined by Dave from Gaines in the third and final show of our three-part collaborative series. In previous episodes, we've talked all about Gaines and explored decision-making within supply chain. And in next week's show, we'll be talking about delivering real results for customers, how and why organizations should be developing more customer-centric strategies has been one of the big trends of 2024. And some of the big issues that are a part of those conversations are digital transformation, technology, and mindset. So I'll be asking Dave about the traditional approach to transformation projects and why the failure rate is so high. Utilizing a continuous incremental change approach to achieve real results and what 2024 is going to bring for all of us. It it will be essential listening for all organizations in 2024, so make sure that you don't miss it. If you enjoy our show, there's a few ways that you can support us. You can follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. We're also over on TikTok. Subscribe to our YouTube page, Let's Talk Supply Chain, and subscribe to our newsletter on letstalksupplychain.com so you can stay up to date with the latest. Plus, we have some really cool merch in our shop exclusively at letstalksupplychain.com, so go and check that out. And we also have the Secret Society of Supply Chain on the homepage of the letstalksupplychain.com website. Because if you're looking for a community within supply chain that's right for you, we have a group for you. So go and check it out. Three groups covering everybody in supply chain. We want to bring you together, give you exclusive content, best practices from some industry experts uh, so that we can really together form a community and move the industry forward. And remember, if you want to be featured on an upcoming episode, head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show great week everyone thanks for listening and remember ship happens